weekly look at Apple in and its place in the world of digital media. Um, I'm really excited this week to be joined once again by Terence Gaines from the Snobberesque podcast. Terence, where you been? I haven't seen, seen you for a while. How's it been going? Uh, it's been pretty busy, actually. Um, you mentioned uh, the Snob OS podcast, where specifically me and my co-host Nika talk about uh, Apple topics for the yes. most part. Um, I'm also a part of another podcast. I don't know if I launched uh, at the time that we originally, you originally had me on the show, but myself and a couple other uh, techies started another podcast. Uh, It's called The Tech John, T-E-C-H-G-A-W-N. And we kind of talk about technology uh, from a different perspective, Uh, different meaning a uh, African-American perspective. So it kind of fits in what we're going to talk about today a little bit. It does. It's almost like we planned this stuff, Terrence. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm th- I mean, I'm always thrilled to have you here on whatever topic, but uh, we're obviously recording this and broadcasting this show in February, and that is Black History Month in the US. Um, I, and so Apple has, as it often does, looked to mark this, and it did it in quite a lot of different ways. There was a new what, Apple Watch face and uh, band, which was quite nice. Um, but there was a lot of content focused stuff um there's things across apple music fitness plus highlighting black voices in the podcast app and so on Uh, and i thought it would be a nice opportunity to really reflect on this and and dig into it a bit what did you make of it all i mean there's there's a lot of stuff there's almost no apple service in which this is not you know black history month is not being marked which can only be a good thing really uh, yes. So this isn't the first time Apple has done this. Um, I know the year before they did something similar. I can't recall if they did anything in 20, I guess it's 2022. I can't remember if they did anything in 2019. I'm assuming they did. But when I really picked up on it was uh, last year and they did a simple, a similar thing to where, like you mentioned, they uh, released some hardware type things. They've got a a Unity band that ha- and a Unity watch face and Unity wallpapers, which have the Pan-African black, red, and yellow uh, colors. And like you mentioned, they highlight Black creators across all of their platform services, anywhere from Apple Fitness Plus. They've got on guests, um, uh, workout coaches. They've got um, African-American expired uh, inspired music to, w- with the workouts, you know, like you mentioned across uh, podcasts and they highlight black creators in the bookstore. They mm-hmm. highlight black creators in the app store, Apple music, you know, they've got contributors uh, specific to African-American culture and music and playlists. So the whole, like you mentioned, uh, the whole um, width and breadth of Apple's platforms and hardware um, does do um, justice to highlighting creators during Black History Month, which has been an issue, not necessarily with Apple, but in general. Um, There are a lot of Black creators who feel like, you know, um, we're not the foremost thought when it comes to highlighting uh, efforts of course, this is February in America. That means it's Black History Month. So, of course, we're going to get, quote unquote, top billing, you know, but even then, you know, it's the traditional, OK, this is the Martin Luther King. I have a dream speech. Uh, you know about 
you know, George Washington Carver. And that is about it as far as Black History Month um, efforts by companies. But in recent years, uh, especially in the wake of the uh, civil unrest that happened with George Floyd uh, a couple of years ago, uh, companies like Apple have uh, taken it up a notch. So this would be, in my opinion, a direct result to where it's not just um, companies, corporations, brand, brands, what have you, are just talking about the typical things that they talk about during Black History Month. They're taking a step past that and highlighting creators right now who are doing things right now, who are contributing to the culture um, of just African-American culture and just American culture and global culture in general. You know, they're they're highlighting those creators in addition to going back and trying to educate on the history of African-Americans, specifically in America and across the country and across the world. Yeah, um, I should point out Black History Month here in the UK is in October. So okay. I, so we will see, hopefully Apple will do similar things in its UK-based services over in October. Um, but there's a lot, and I think a really well-made point from you is that it's trying to go beyond the obvious things. It's not just, mm-hmm. you know, as you say, putting up the text of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech somewhere or something like that. Uh, and one of the big drives from Apple again, across the services, has been looking at black health and wellness this this month. Um, and that includes everything from historic, you know. And I think that's interesting. Obviously, it plays into what it can do with a service like Apple Fitness Plus. And that links into, as you said, Apple Music, because you can have workout playlists and so on. But I don't know, I, I was quite pleased to see Apple taking a slightly different look on this. Uh, what was your, What was your take? No, it's definitely, like I said, a step in the right direction. Mm. Uh, mission accomplished. Uh, that would be yeah. uh, left, you know, uh, we've got so a little bit more work to do. Yeah, let's not get ahead uh, of ourselves. Right, exactly. You know, definitely this is a step. But, you know, uh, there are some things that companies can do. Um, you know, a lot of the, um, I guess, uh, questions as it comes from diversity, equity and inclusion, which is, I don't know if you've heard, but a lot of people are starting to talk about DEI and mm-hmm. diversity, equity, inclusion includes more than just saying, hey, these yeah. are some people doing some things. What are companies actually doing to increase increase diversity at the um, professional level and then take it a step further in the C-suite level? So your executives, yeah. your, you know, and then even at the board level. So, you know, yeah, you have, I mean- go ahead. I was going to say, taking a look, it's all very, very good, Apple doing this stuff, but a, a quick look at the Apple leadership page, uh, the C-suite page is a, it's pretty white, isn't it? Yeah, let's, I mean, to be blunt. So that's where the next, I guess, will be the next step for- uh, And I don't um, want to, um, you know, disparage the seniority of people like Lisa Jackson- who has a very, very key role at the top of Apple, but mm-hmm. uh, it's not exactly what, you know, a very diverse range of people right at the top of Apple. Right. And, and that's in general, that's across most companies. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the most uh, across most high level brands. So, you know, equally the effort that companies are taking like Apple, since we're talking about Apple specifically, mm-hmm. the equally 
if not more so the effort that Apple takes to highlight the creators and the consumers of their products, you know, there it would not it'd be nice to see continually continuing efforts to not only just Apple to reach out, and they do a good job of this in my opinion, to create um the type of employee STEM to encourage STEM uh, education. Uh, Apple does a lot with HBCUs yes. uh, for your uh, group that's historically black yes. colleges and universities. They um, provide, um, uh, they invest in partnering with these yes. HBCUs because a lot of companies say the the trope has been, well, we don't know where to find black engineers, black scientists, black uh, well, uh, technology yeah. specialists. Well, well there are a whole such things. Yeah, he's yeah, a bunch they, of very educated people. Here right, and they go to co- colleges and universities specific to that experience. So right. it would make sense for companies like Apple to invest in those uh, programs at historically black colleges and universities, so those students are aware of the opportunities at a company like Apple. And also, you know, all the other tech companies, Microsoft, Google, that way you can create that pipeline. So those are some of the steps that, you know, we're asking in addition to highlighting creators, you know, via PR press release type deal, you know, to actually this is how you create a pipeline to get black engineers, black developers, black technicians, black so on and so forth. And then in addition to that, how is the company culture as it relates to diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, how are you retaining black talent? You know, how are you empowering them via growth into the company to where they can get to the C-suite and where they can get to the board and where they can get to the CIOs, CFOs, COOs, CTOs, things of that nature. So, you know, you want to, you, you would hope, uh, well, specifically I, as an African-American would hope that in addition to, putting out the warm and fuzzies when it comes to the services, what are you also doing to empower employees, to empower your workers and to encourage diversity, equity, inclusion? Uh, yeah. I, you're, I mean, nail on the head, you're, you're completely right. And I think, all, uh, you know, Apple, I think if we had an Apple representative here, they would be very keen to point out that that stuff is important to them. I think both you and I have been hinting at, the fact that we will, and you've been pretty forthright about saying it, you would like to see the results of that as opposed to just being told it's happening. Um, right. And I think, and I don't disagree at all. Um, I think while we're focusing kind of on the content that's been pushed this month, I, I think it does reflect your point actually that it's not just about, um, you know, regurgitating things we've talked about for years and years or even, you know, it's gone beyond that in this kind of focus on health and wellness, which is a, mm-hmm. is a key issue. It's a big uh, issue. You know, as an African-American, that is a big issue in the Af- African-American community. Um, we are, uh, for, for reasons known and unknown, um, there are a lot of issues. Let's just take a look at, let's take COVID, for example. You know, there are a lot of issues in the African-American community health-wise that make us more um, exposed to the after effects of COVID. So for Apple to highlight 
um, health and fitness and wellness via Black History Month. You know, that does go away to making sure that all of the users are aware of their health and can take those steps to reduce the um, compromised health that COVID, for example, tends to breed on, right? Um, wow. In addition to, like I said, they're doing a good job, but still work to be done. You know, let's not mince words. Apple's products are expensive. So in order to get, you know, African-Americans, you know, uh, and not just African-Americans, any uh, uh, groups who feel um, under underrepresented uh, don't have maybe the resources to take part in things like being able to own an Apple Watch, to be able to pay for right. Apple Fitness Plus uh, services, yeah. which can add up. You know, what other things can Apple do to, again, create that pipeline to get users who need these services? How did, how can they fill in those gaps as well? Yeah, or, or, or indeed would, be, you know, need or, you know, even if it's more benefit even than just need, you know, we can all... Lots of people can find ways to do exercise without fitness plus, but and it may not people, be a direct right, and it may not be a direct will thing. benefit from you know the analytics and you know the kind of the, your Apple Watch shouting at you to get up. I know it benefits me, so um, right. you know that kind of thing. Let's break down a bit actually some of some of the specifics of what Apple's doing. So let's look at podcasts for start. Um, uh, users in the US are going to have curated collections from key voices throughout this month. Um, so the examples they give are Roxanne Gay, who's a best-selling author, professor, and social commentator, Stephen Satterfield, who's a food writer, entrepreneur, and founded Whetstone magazine, Jay Williams, who's a former basketball player and sports TV personality, Morgan Harper Collins, who's an artist and poet, Gloria Edom, founder of the Well-Read Black Girl Reading Network, uh, Rashid Bilal and Troy Millings, who founded the Financial Literacy and Lifestyle Brand and Your Leisure. What I really liked about this is that it was quite a range of people doing all different things. And I'm really and they're doing those things and, and they're doing those things now. It's not right. like Apple right, said, right, right. you know, let's look up the historic works of the Black Panther Party, which is good. They're not saying, OK, well, let's just examine through podcast the, you know, uh, segregation in Jim Crow, which is good. You know, but also at the same time, some all these people that you mentioned are doing things right now. For instance, mm. um, the Earn Your Leisure podcast uh, and their creators Rashad Bilal and Troy Millings, they are doing great work as it relates to exposing their audience to creating wealth, specifically within the Black community. And we're not just talking about they are teaching you how to trade stocks, you know, every week, uh, every um, every time they are able to, you know, create uh, content, they're bringing on different people in different industries. So it'll be, they'll bring somebody from real estate. They'll mm -hmm. be, bring somebody from um, uh, vending machine ownership. So, you know, they'll bring a person, an expert in who is making a comfortable, at the very least, a comfortable living, if not creating millions of dollars in revenue, uh, creating a vending machine empire, right? Uh, talking about trucking, they'll bring people in that are, um, you know, logistics, because that is a big crunch. Specifically in America, you know, getting these once you're a big country, you got to get right, the stuff around. Right. Once the, the supply chain crunch 
once all the products that we're importing hit our coasts and hit these ports, how is that getting to the actual distribution um, yeah. uh, centers and how is that getting to the users or how that's getting, getting to the consumers? You know, this Earn Your Leisure brand is doing a lot by bringing in those experts to teach you how to get into the logistics and the trucking industry, because that is a much needed demand right now, specifically sure. in America. So it's good that Apple is highlighting podcasts towards not just a historic look. They're actually um, highlighting people who are making moves today. Yeah. Uh, and the other one that's jumped out to me, actually, as well as you're quite right to say that it's kind of current people doing current work and it goes beyond, you know, dare I say it, perhaps the cliches of having you know, a couple of people who play sports and a couple of people who make hip hop music and stuff, which is all right. a bit, you know, which is great and amazing. And people do amazing work in those spaces, but I don't think it really, it would represent the full breadth of uh, African-American talent and influence. Mm-hmm. Just to do it. And I think it's good that Apple has, you know, from, as we said, poets, you were right to point out the Earn Your Leisure Network, which is doing good work, you know, all sorts of things, you know, mm-hmm. an academic in Roxanne Gay and so on. Another one that stuck out to me actually was a app called Earth, which provides maternal health resources to black women. Again, something very specific on wellness um, that Apple has the power to highlight to people who might not know it's there. And well, at the, and at the very least, Apple is doing its homework. Uh, and yeah. what I mean by that is, Um, There has been in recent years um, a major push to highlight the differences differences in how black women are treated as it relates to maternal health, as it relates to, you know, um, working with doctors and as it relates to uh, black women specifically and how they need to speak up for themselves and how they need to trust their own bodies. Because of course we go into a doctor, we say we have an issue. We trust that that doctor is going to look at us as a person. They're going to hear our issues and they're going to provide a uh, course of action based on those things. Uh, Well, there's been a push in recent years that that is not the case, specifically as it relates to African-American women. There have been stories upon stories of African-American women going in to a doctor and saying, I don't feel well. The doctor, for whatever reason, whether it be implicit bias, whether it be uh, whether it be um, direct actual bias and say, "Okay, that's not your issue. And then there are a lot of women that suffered as a result. So all that to say, Apple is doing its homework and it knows that is what is important. That is what this particular group that they're looking to reach out to. It's important to them. So they're taking that extra step and highlighting those specific specific subjects. And it's also using its editorial power. And even whether it's an app store or a book or a show or a piece of or a music playlist, that is editorial power to mm-hmm. highlight work from within the African-American community to the African-American community. On subjects that's important to us, again, because right. we've, we've said it before, you know, sure, historical, you know, uh, subjects, you know, that's important because a lot of yeah. people do not know. And those. Apple Maps, for instance, Apple Maps is doing that. When you, If you go to some key locations in key cities, Apple Maps will highlight that. 
which is right. also, you know, a useful educational tool. But in addition to that, you right. know, there are some things that are culturally relevant to us now that are important to us now. And it's showing that at the very least, Apple is doing its homework, is taking the, the pulse of what's important to us and is uh, attempting to highlight that. And I like actually, and you, you may have a different perspective on this than me, but I also like that there is a somewhat celebratory element to some of this. We've, you know, you and I, and you have really articulated a lot of the difficult issues or some of the difficult issues that Apple is trying to navigate and highlight and some of the solutions people within the black community are uh, coming up with for these issues. But actually, there's also a celebratory element. And I really like that Apple is going for that as well. You know, within Apple Music and Apple Music TV, there's themes of music and black love and celebration and peace and, you know, music videos and a campaign highlighting that as well. And, you know, um, the head of hip hop and R&B editorial, Ebro Darden, is going to Mm -hmm. be talking, having in-depth conversations with all sorts of artists I like, I you know, I like that there's the celebrate element as well. I think that's right. I think we should celebrate these things as well as tackle the difficult issues. Right, right. You know, um, a lot of the um, a a lot of the complaints or a lot of the the uh, things that you know African Americans feel that Black History Month, specifically coming from corporations, uh, could do better at is highlighting some of the uh, issues that are important to us. But at the same time, we appreciate the celebration as long as it doesn't come at the expense of highlighting cultural things, highlighting issues, and uh, uh, if not creating a environment to say, we're gonna address those issues. Because a lot of what corporations do is they just do the celebratory part, but then we say, okay, well, where's the actual work being done? And they're like, yeah, just trust us, right? So, you know, not to say the celebratory part isn't important, but we don't want that at the expense of the actual work that needs to be done. uh, you see it also with things like Pride, and it's all kind of well and good, a big corporation putting up rainbow flags for one month a year or whatever. But actually, as you say, and that's great and celebratory and good, but as you put it, are you doing the work as well? Right. Um, uh, one, what we're talking about, you know, kind of doing the work, actually. Um, you know, we've gone through a lot of the the people and the content that is being highlighted. But you as a black creator, you know, an entrepreneurial black creator, you and your cohorts on both your shows came up with a concept and shows and took your expertise and knowledge and made those shows. Do you feel, I mean, we don't need to talk specifically about Apple, though you may have a perspective on Apple as a company, but in general, the channels through which you distribute your content, which you do in lots of different places, do you feel that they are supportive and for black creators and do as much as they could to highlight them, not just in February? Um, Well, again, it's up to us as the creators to, you know, put in the work, you know, uh, you can't take that, you know, take a line from the, the old movie. If you build it, they will come, you know, uh, that's never been the case for anything. Um, And it's certainly not the case for online content. (laughs) Right. <laughs> no, the, right. I mean, you know, the struggle from that. So it's no different uh, from black creators There's no uh, different than, you know, me specifically and the things that I'm involved in. I think what makes the difference uh, or not necessarily what makes a difference, what helps 
is that people are recognizing it as content, not necessarily uh, identifying it as a black content, because what happens is they'll say, oh, you know, somebody may be listening to this or they'll see the or the, the the icon in the podcast player list. They'll listen to the first minute or two. They'll either recognize the names or they'll identify the names as being black. They'll identify the voices as being black or they'll identify the subject and say, oh, this is a black podcast. This is not for me. So they'll pass. They'll they'll move off or whatever the case may be. You know, that um, I think where uh, we come in like allies, for example, you know, Tom Merritt you know, does a good job of uh, promoting our shows. You having me on, you know, just highlights and say, okay, well, this is a person that creates content, not necessarily, okay, well, uh, I have a black friend and they have a podcast, you know, what we want uh, creators that look like me who have the content I have is that we are not uh, creating this content just so it can be heard in an echo chamber. We are not advertising or promoting just for other people to look like us. We have important stances. We have uh, uh, references. We have inputs. We have different stances that everybody should hear. So Mm -hmm. we definitely want to make sure that uh, companies like Apple that host podcasts are not just saying, okay, well, these are black creators and they are talking to black people. No, we are creators with a different perspective that we feel everybody needs to hear. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing about the Snob OS podcast that dictate that your color of your skin should dictate whether you listen to it or not. But at the same time, we will come up with subjects. We will highlight subjects and we'll also talk from our experience. Yes. You know, yes, yes, that's um, the same subject, the same topic can be looked for at you. You know, you could take a topic a tech topic that has nothing to do with race, has nothing to do with culture, has nothing to do with the effects on black folks or minorities. You may take that topic and see it a, a one way. You may um, uh, examine it from your frame of view. Mm-hmm. I may take it from my frame of view and it may be two different things. And that's not a bad thing. What's no. wrong with getting a topic from two different frames, two different experiences and saying, oh, I never looked at it like that. I think a lot of people, you know, they look at technology and say, oh, that's the uh, equalizer because it's merit based or technology knows no skin color or, you know, if you're a developer, you can develop code and it doesn't take it. It doesn't have anything to do with race. That's not necessarily the case. Uh, so, you know, hearing those different well, perspectives. It's fine so long as it's not only straight white dudes writing the code. I mean, you got to look at it and say, look, you know, that's where the implicit bias comes in. You know, a white coder, a white guy coder may not look at it and say, "Okay, I'm going to do this specific thing to to whatever the case may be. But the fact that you are who you are, that's going to show through regardless of whether or not you intended to it or not. Yeah, I mean, we see, uh, you know, I think women see this time with so many different bits of content and bits of products or bits of editorial. And we're just like, there's no way a woman helped name this. Exactly. So right. So it makes sense for somebody who's, and we're, since we're using, you know, since I'm a podcast creator, um, it makes sense for a uh, person to listen to a, uh, a a podcast or listen to a piece of content and say, okay, 
I that perspective, I'm not familiar with that uh, perspective. And um, I appreciate the fact that it's coming from a different perspective. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, okay, well, a woman creating a woman tech podcast, oh, I'm not going to listen to it because I'm a guy. Or oh, I'm not going to listen to it because I'm Latino. You know, you should welcome yeah. that. And that's all we ask for. And surely that is and should be one of the benefits of, you know, the relatively low barriers to entry of digital content and online content. You would think. You, you <laughs> would think that actually, you know, it does, in theory, allow for a much wider range of voices and perspectives uh-huh. Um, I think, you know, both from our various perspectives, you and I both know that that isn't always the case. Right. Uh, um, it's human nature to uh, to welcome and be a part of things that are familiar. Um, at the same time, you know, I think, you know, if you take the time to, you know, do a little research and do a little, you know, not necessarily soul searching, you know, nobody's mm. asking for you to no, change no. your whole entire um, uh, thought process based on listening to one podcast, you know, but at the same time, you know, challenge yourself to listen to perspectives, especially when they're not shouting at you, you know, nobody wants to be shouted at sure. people go into defense mode when they're shouted at, you know, that's, I think in personally speaking, that's why it's so tough for you know social media to for people to hear different perspectives on social media because everybody's shouting so you go into defense mode which is a natural defense but at the same time you know trying to peel back those layers sometimes it's tough and i think people don't want to do the work a lot of times but you know that work is needed and you know that's where again that's where we want to continue to push those different perspectives um because you know again like you said it would make sense that that would benefit to listen right. to or, or have different perspectives. Um, I, I am going to push you on this slightly because, I mean, I know you're very polite and probably wouldn't criticize anyone, but you also can't, you can be forthright. I know you, you can be forthright when you feel there's some criticism to be dished out. And what I'm interested in is this idea that, you know, we know that everything from Patreon to Apple Podcasts, to say Spotify, to whatever, do have this editorial power, this power of the platform. And do you and your colleagues as black creators feel that they put put their weight behind your work, not in a way that, you know, you're asking for extra help or extra hand, that's not how you guys operate, but in a way that are they giving you at least an equal playing field or a playing field that actually would benefit your listen more listeners if they more people were aware of your work? Um, not to be specific, but, uh, you know, you can look at the latest uh, issues with Spotify, right? You're, you're talking well, about- Well, we just did, the last week's uh, Media Plus was all about, not to be specific, <laughs> those, those issues. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, if you're familiar, the whole uh, Joe Rogan issues yeah. with the COVID misinformation that kind of morphed into racial issues and uh, uh, sexist issues and the whole nine. Right. Uh, you see the um, the explanation. I won't necessarily call it an apology, but you'll see the explanation from the Spotify CEO. And, you know, to sum it up, he says, well, in order for Spotify to get 
where they're trying to get where we're trying to go to become this major player mm. in content creation and whatever the case may be, you know, to make a long story short, some eggs are going to have to be broken. Can I just say, know? I love how you went from, I'm not going to be specific to, to being damn it as well. Um, <laughs> I should mention, if you didn't hear before last week's episode, Adrian and I, and my guest Adrian Wickler actually discussed it. We recorded the show before some of the racial issues that, that Terrence has just highlighted resurfaced because you know they were old it was old shows but the clips resurfaced as it were it was and a lot. so I'm, I'm pleased <laughs> I, i'm pleased you've brought it up kind of in real more in real time that where we know some more of the fallout and because yes. initially it looked like i mean I, I said it on the show the first apology particularly around the covid issues seemed pretty sincere from joe right. rogan and then we've obviously had further fallout and yes you know you you've offered your perspective on on daniel at the spotify bosses um right apology and so on um so i'm i unfortunately we're gonna have to wrap up i've thoroughly enjoyed i mean not really concerned i've thoroughly enjoyed listening to you and having you on the show as always but um if you could have it's a bit of a grand question but if you could have one ask if we were you know if you came back on the show this time next year what would you consider progress in in terms of black black creators and black content and you know from everything from developers to videos and podcasts what what would you consider to be real progress well well, i would say probably um again it's grand you mentioned Uh, it (laughs) it is grand i'm not i'm only asking you to talk as you terence gaines not right here to talk for a whole community that has it is diverse in in and of itself but um i'm I'm just kind of interested what you would consider right so so take the take the spotify um the ceo the uh what i can continue my conversation i think it'll actually kind of answer the question so the ceo says as a result of the whole fallout from joe rogan like you mentioned the COVID misinformation to the racist content to sexism all that thing but spotify's answer via the ceo he says well um everybody is not going to like the content that was kind of the gist of his apology some people will like the content some people won't you know, we don't own Joe Rogan Experience's content. We just uh, license it, which that can be argued however you want to argue it, right? Uh, but ultimately, his his response was, uh, to make an omelet, we're going to have to break some eggs. Everybody's going to not like the content. Um, to compare and contrast that, a lot of platforms like Spotify, Apple, whatever, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Instagram, they recognize that African-Americans consume a ton of content, but the algorithms, the developers, the, the people, the program managers, the people in charge of creating, curating, whatever you want to call it, uh, highlighting the content, knowing that African-Americans consume a lot of content. And in the case of TikTok, we drive a lot of content as it relates to what's popular on these mm-hmm. platforms. Where is the connection between all of these black content consumers to how are you going to uh, cater to that content, to those consumers, to those people who are driving the culture? What are you doing to um, 
to put that forward. Obviously, you're not doing a lot because you're willing to give somebody like Joe Rogan, who has issues as it relates that goes against or in direct um, opposition to that, to those content, to those African-American creators, you're willing to give him a hundred million dollars and say, okay, well, we've already given the money. Some of the stuff y'all may not like, you know, where's that, where's that similar type of push when you know African-Americans consume a lot of content? It's like, you're really kind of not, you're doing yourself a disservice by not paying you know, let's just take Joe Rogan, not paying a African-American content creator um, like a like a Charlemagne the God. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a, a super huge um, um, content creator over here in the United States, happens to be African-American, you know, has an equal following similar to Joe Rogan. But yet a person like him has to create his own network, has to do all this extra work, you know, versus Joe Rogan could get a hundred million dollars. Right. So it's like, where are you going to create this pipeline from African-Americans who consume a ton of content to giving them the content or giving them the um, a support that they need? How are you going to create that pipeline? So that would be my ask. I'm going to need Spotify and, and Apple to create a tighter pipeline to create this content that these African-Americans we consume on a regular. I think that's a great way to end the show i thank you so much for i've so enjoyed i love having you on the show whatever we're discussing about but uh, it was really useful for me the conversation i really hope my listeners found it useful as well as where can people keep up with you and all the stuff you are currently yeah sure sure like i mentioned um myself and nika monford we run a weekly uh podcast that talks all things apple and then some at the snob os and then podcast (laughs) <laughs> and then some. Um, uh, you can go. You can go to uh, snobwestcast.com to get all the information on that show. I also myself and Rob Dunwood, which some of your listeners may be uh, familiar with via Tom Merritt and DTNS. Uh, myself, Rob Dunwood, and Stephanie Humphrey. Uh, we have a tech podcast where we talk all things tech from a different perspective, and the name of that show is the Tech John. T-H-E-T-E-C-H-J-A-W-N. And you can go to the website, thetechjohn.com to get all the information on those shows. Personally, uh, you can find me over the internet everywhere at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, maybe. (laughs) Depends what mood he's in. Um, Obviously, there'll be links to all that stuff in the show notes. Go check it out. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter and over on MacObserver.com. Terrence, thank you so much for joining me. Please do subscribe to the show and I'll see you next week. (laughs) 